The Brides of Christ. Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, our guest is returning friend of the podcast, Dave Rand McKay. We're going to talk all about the rise of the nuns. That's N-O-N-E-S. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hey, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Molly. That's me. And Tim. Hello, I am Tim. Just Tim. Just Tim. Just Tim today. That's right. Call him Tim. Oh, Tim. We almost 600 episodes before somebody said that on this podcast. And our damn it, guest is returning friend of the podcast, Dave Rand McKay. Hello, everyone. Yay. Hey, Dave. Hi, Dave. We're Professor Dave. Professor Dave. Sure. That's oh, that's that's what we're calling you from now on on the <laughs> podcast. Ouch. Yes. How dare we refer to you with a, a the title, title of, you've earned? Yeah. <laughs> Feels like you're expecting too much of me, but <laughs> I expect too much of most professors. So, Dave, Dave, you are you are a professor, and uh, you wanted to talk about uh, the increasing number of, let's say, like religion non applicable or none people. Yeah. Students, young people. Students. Students, young people. Well, and there's there's a generational thing that's been going on for a while. Uh, and it's one of those things where you never know if something is a trend that's going to keep going or if it'll reverse at some point. Because, you know, sometimes society can become more conservative. It can become more liberal. It can kind of go back and forth. But this has been going on long enough that it's a definite trend. It's a definite trend. Uh, so, for example, well, at my school, uh, University of St. Thomas, which is... A religious school, but I would say the the incoming class, uh, my class that's mostly freshmen, it's like eighty percent not believers. Wow! Um, and do they say that, or do you just know that? Well, we talk about it okay. in class. In my my human geography class, uh, it's kind of funny actually. There, well, there's always a chapter on religion and world religions. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that actually that section of the textbook has actually gotten smaller every year. Uh, oh. And now it's actually languages, also religion and stuff. Huh. Basically. Hmm. Do you is is are is your human geography class or are, are any of your classes like one of the ones that incoming freshmen have to take? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're seeing people they don't want they don't necessarily want to be there. They're there. Yes. That's great. Yes. Uh, most of my classes are actually like that. Um, most of them are the ones that all students have to take. That's good because it means you're getting a real sample of the, yeah. the of the, the student body and not the self-selectors. Well, yeah. It, so St. Thomas is a Catholic university, right? It is, but, but it's been going through a lot of changes. And But it's also like kind of renowned as being a business school. So, I mean, how religious mm-hmm. could it be if they're churning out? Businessmen. I you know I, those things used to be very synced up in America. Like think of the fifties and whatnot. And yeah, I graduated from the it's it's uh, sister school, the College of Saint Catherine, now the University of Saint Catherine. Uh, and when I went in the you know late nineties, it they both schools were already moving really far away from religion, mm. even though that was not a trend at the time. Even though you had <laughs> nuns on campus. Yes, I was a- taught by several nuns. N U N S, not N O N E S. Yes, yes. Actually, was- they were probably both. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Do you guys are there still uh, nuns and priests teaching at the university? Um, there is. Uh, you know, as far as the the changes happening, uh, they we got our first. Uh, University president who was who was not a member of the clergy oh, wow. in 2013, and it was also a woman, which was the first time that that had happened. Um, and she recently uh, retired, basically. And we we have a, a new person who who's also who's the, who's they're saying the, the second lay person, meaning not yeah. not really religious person. Um, and it's it's interesting because he's also uh, he's been dean of the law school for over a decade, and. Uh, it, he's the one who taught us all uh, critical race theory, so oh. we're, we're pretty enthused about him moving up and being kind of the boss of everything now. That's awesome. I, yeah. think, I think it should be noted, however, that the University of St. Thomas does have a seminary. 
Oh, yeah. That still, as far as I, I, I grew up literally a block and a half away yeah. from St. Thomas University. So, oh, sure. So uh, I, I, I spent actually a lot of time. There's a fine sledding hill uh, on one part of the campus. Well, and there uh, are still women who train to be uh, nuns who go to St. Kate's. Sure. Absolutely. There are, yep. but the problem that they're all finding, Europe went through this phase first where there are people who are just not signing up. And they're having a lot of trouble getting people to join the clergy. Um, it's just not seen as uh, something that people want to do, something that people want to spend their, their time with. And so not only are people becoming less and less religious, um, and so, yeah, uh, we, we talk about it specifically in, <clears throat> excuse me, my St. Thomas classes are, I have a human geography class, which is basically uh, how do humans make meaning in their lives. Hmm. And then I have a world geography class, which is much more uh, tied to globalization and business and development and economics. But we have a big section on religion in that one as well. Um, and, and both of my texts talk about like just the fact that the trends we're seeing in the U.S. is, uh, is something that happened in, in Europe already. We're kind of like a generation behind where they mm. are. Um, and also that this has kind of erupted into a, a worldwide trend with the, the younger generation specifically. The older generation everywhere is still pretty conservative, but that's part of kind of what you, you see worldwide with the kind of a desperation of the kind of authoritarian branches of local governments who are kind of like, they, they can see this change coming because it's their own children, uh, and they're they're trying to desperately grasp to power or do things like, you know, DeSantis in Florida of changing the books. And that's what we're going to do because they've all been indoctrinated. And it's like, mm -hmm. well, we, we tell students facts. So it's that's an indoctrination. Yeah. <laughs> indoctrinated by it, facts. It, when people talk well, stop about that, stop it. <laughs> stop it with the facts. When people talk about, uh, you know, like like crypto fascism and things like that, kind of making such a resurgence right now as a reaction to to increased you know d diversity of thought whether that's religious diversity or or whatever um it kind of always makes me think of like how wasps get angrier at the end of summer and as fall rolls in because it's like the cold is on the horizon and they're all you know panicking and and cold and angry and and getting hot by cramming into their hives to keep away from the cold and so they're they're more likely to sting everyone around them <laughs> at the end of summer because it's ending and doom is approaching. Yeah. It always makes me think of that. <laughs> That's absolutely true. I think that that is what's going on in lots of places, but it's there. there's kind of what looks to me to be a bit of an inevitable kind of march of time. As a, just in your speculation, I know in your studies, do you think that the actual, seeing the fact that the, the physical front of World War II was fought in Europe, uh, had something to do with that faster rise of a religiosity, whereas here we never have had, we haven't had a war fought on our soil since the Civil War. <laughs> yeah, you had in Europe in general, uh, I mean, yeah, a lot of people died, but also a lot of people who were in power and were conservative died. Mm -hmm. uh, and so that's why, you know, if you go to Europe today, Germany's probably one of the more liberal of the countries, right? Because you had that generation killed off and a new generation that was educated about like, you know, what what history happened there, right? Like they're very aware of their history. Well, and then when you see everything around you being bombed into oblivion, it can be a little easier, I imagine, to wonder why God isn't doing anything about it if he's real. <laughs> well, and there's uh, that's absolutely true, right? It's it's like the the famous what was the famous quote of someone who if survived. there is a God, he will have to beg for my forgiveness. Exactly, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. I love it. Auschwitz survivor, right? Yep. I mean, I'm I'm gonna push back a little on that, though. I mean, a lot of the Eastern European countries now have have moved considerably more conservative. England has, France uh, has conservative or religious. Well, conservative. I'm not sure about religious. Rel I think, religious as well. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, there, there, there is, there's a swing back that's happening uh, across a lot of Europe. Germany is one of the few countries where that hasn't 
really been happening. Yeah, they snuffed the that last, shit out in, in the last ten years or oh, so. Yeah. A lot of that, honestly, is influenced by far Eastern Europe, meaning uh, well, Russia, Russia and Putin. Yeah. Uh, that's also led to a bit of a resurgence of religion in Russia, and and kind of adjoining countries have had a, a lot of influence. Slavic countries, right, uh, that have the same ethnicity as Russians, basically, which uh, are a whole bunch of countries. Mm-hmm. Um, but they, their far right has has in sometimes been kind of empowered, and and there has been a resurgence uh but statistically the younger generation is still like i said it's a worldwide trend Mm, um mm. that's happening like everywhere um and it's when you look at how is it correlated what's going on or you know well why was europe before us um a lot of it is statistically the more you have internet access Mm. the less religious you are that's another reason why it's a generational thing is because you still have people who are not even that old like say in your 50s uh who just don't google stuff right they just don't look stuff up it's like i guess i'll just not know or Mm. um or, or they'll believe chit chat from from friends about things you know? well and you know we we've seen on both with guests we've had on this show and just from you know various documentaries and interviews with people that you know when you are locked into especially any any evangelical you know faith but especially christian uh with the, the different flavors of that that it's the questions are discouraged and so once you start questioning anything you start realizing that there are a lot of questions to ask and that tends to end up leading down a path of if not completely rejecting religion at least distancing yourself from that identity being so Mm. important that it's it drives all your decisions and people you know you go online and whatnot people are are seeing lives of 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 others who are on the other side of the planet and who have completely different belief systems, right? And they're seeing these just numerous and a bit overwhelming amount of of, of belief systems, right? Uh, and it's not okay to just make fun of them anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, but uh, in answer to your earlier question about in Europe and why why it was a bit earlier, there's a number of reasons. One of which being in Europe, they were a bit more aware of clergy abuses than oh, than sure. in the u.s a bit earlier if you remember Sinead o'connor like was getting the word out a long time ago in the u.s it was very like what is she even talking about in europe they were more like we know what she's talking about mm-hmm. sure sure i mean they knew what she was talking about here too they well, just, yeah. Sure. <laughs> yeah but so, the magdalene laundries in in well yes of yeah. course oh, yeah. Which, so uh, a, a lot of this is i mean like obviously you know we're americans we're all born in, and raised in uh United States of America. United States was at one point like 91% Christian or something like that. Um within well your two lifetimes at least it was. Um Oh yeah. That's uh, because we're old listeners. Yes, yeah. yeah. Dave and I are both very old. Uh, like the exact same age practically. Practically. But um do you have you I mean I'll I'll admit to being completely ignorant about the non-Western world and religious changes there and, and how, you know, whether or not their numbers are changing similarly, did you... They are, but similar to how we were a bit behind Europe. Uh, different countries, it really depends on how developed they are, how urbanized they are, but also there's still a, a digital divide worldwide mm-hmm. where there's plenty of people who just do not have access, or if they do have access to the internet, it might not be in a language that they know, you know, that, and so there, that's what we call a digital divide, uh, and so there's, especially countries that are still mostly rural, which is plenty of places, mm-hmm. but in the urban centers, what we're ha- what we're having happen in the entire world, which is something that that happened in the U.S. a while back, which is um, industrialization of agriculture uh, is decreasing wages in rural areas, and so you have populations, especially younger populations, who move to the cities for work, but also because they just don't want the rural lifestyle, really, right? Mm-hmm. They want to be uh, some place where things are happening, um, and so. The, the geography of, of, of the growing amount of people who are, who are less religious, or let me just even say, if they are religious, they're much less dogmatic. They, mm. will, they will speak to kind of a, a vague spirituality mm. and not wanting to dismiss people who have beliefs. But like when I talk to my, my students about it, 
you know, it's like, well, uh, you know, are, are you as religious as your parents? Uh, you know, and they'll be like, oh, I guess sorta. It's like, well, you know, do you, what's your church attendance? And they're like, well, I just really don't have time to do stuff uh-huh. with religion. I, I believe don't. in God, but I don't go to church. Yeah, like, and it's like, I just don't, we just don't have time for that how, kind of how stuff. How often do you pray? <laughs> like, that doesn't even require going to church. Like, but, I mean, I'm assuming these people aren't even praying. Well, and, and they're, they're not dogmatic as in mm-hmm. they don't like kind of know the rules that sure. much because they're just not that interested, you know? <laughs> do you think that... Do you think that young people, because we know that as people age, they often, even if they were uh, not religious in their, you know, 20s, they may become more religious in their 40s and their 50s, uh, having children and deciding, oh, but, but we should raise our children with the knowledge of the church like we were, or, you know, getting, uh, earning a lot of money and all of a sudden feeling like, oh no, like my, my life is so, you know, full, but I still don't feel complete. I must be missing religion. I should go. Do you think that that trend is going to continue or, or uh, statistically the amount, although there is a a slight increase of overall how religious people are as they age, uh, it's it's very slight, and mostly mm. generations keep the beliefs that they have. Basically, when you're like 25-ish, mm. people kind of keep those beliefs for most of their life. And there could be some wiggle room of some people who lose religion, some people who gain a bit. But in general, the, those generational trends tend to, we've found, uh, be pretty sticky. So my eldest, who is 24, I've got one more year to lock that shit in. There you go. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, it's interesting that you thought children and money, because the first thing that came to my mind for people getting more religious as they mm-hmm. get older were the studies they've done to show how uh, people kind of tend to get a little bit more conservative as they get older sometimes, mm-hmm. a which is a, a, a literal change in the brain that, that happens to some people, or the looming specter of death. Yeah, or getting cancer, right. or, or yeah, I mean, seeing just, your friends die. More, or Mortality, yep. right? Yep, yep. Absolutely. Facing mortality. Honestly, I think it's a bit similar to when we were talking about the earlier conversation with Ben and, and kind of believing that there's, there's a destiny and whatnot. I, I think it's a bit of a soothing uh, mechanism that you're trying to make yourself believe that there's that you know your individual choices won't have that big of an effect and that there's there's predestined paths right and i think that uh when people embrace religion like if you read self-help books and and whatnot or things about getting over anxiety it will often uh be along the lines of just know that there's a plan Hmm. And, and therefore, you know, you just don't have to overthink everything. And it's, you know, in our in our day and age, well, if you're not religious, you can't overthink everything because you realize that there isn't a big plan, that things can go however way at any point, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, I, I like to sum that up with the words of our uh, departed friend, Bill Young, eat the fucking cake. Uh, yeah. because life is short and it's that it's or you, people talk about uh, drink the drink the celebration wine if you bought a bottle of wine and it's for a special occasion like you that could never come you know and so enjoy yep. the things I don't I am a hedonist uh, gen, genuinely uh, yeah. and so for me a big part of being alive is enjoying it and so I, I one but of the, you also know we only have this life. Exactly. We're, we're not saving it for the real life that we're going to get. Exactly. Yeah. You know? We talked about that in the last episode, too, yeah. about how yeah. with most atheists, how with, athe- with atheists, there tends to be kind of two camps. The uh, There isn't anything that happens after we die, so nothing we do matters. Or there isn't anything after we die, therefore this is all that matters. So, you know, which, which, however you decide, I think really determines on whether or not you're a person who likes to enjoy stuff or not. <laughs> <laughs> have, have the three of you, because you've been doing this podcast for a long time and you've all been atheists for a long time, do you feel like you've noticed societal little changes through time of, of how much atheism is accepted or not? What for do you think sure. about all that? Uh, uh, Absolutely. I mean, um, when we started the podcast, I, I never would have imagined us having an an atheist politician, you know, elected that we'd be familiar with, let alone that would be, you know, a guest on the podcast, for example. Um, I feel like even if I'm not seeing less religion, 
I'm certainly seeing more people that are critical or distrustful of organized religion. Like that's the, that's the behavior that I see more. I don't necessarily see more people marching through the streets and being like, I'm an atheist. I don't believe, or I'm not affiliated because they're not affiliated. They don't champion that as loudly the same way as someone that does believe. Right. Mm -hmm. But I do see a lot of behavior that I would attribute to non-religious thought, such as being critical of religion. I, um, because I've made a conscious decision to be open and clear about my beliefs, you know, I'll bring up in casual conversation that I don't believe in God as it relates to what I'm talking about. And what I've found over the last several years is there's much more of a tendency for the person I'm talking to be like, oh yeah, me too. Mm. Hmm. Um, you know, and so I think that I don't know if it's grown. I mean, statistically, obviously, we've got the numbers to say that it has, but I think that it is feeling more casual and less uh, shocking. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know, people who don't believe in God is just the thing that people are now or don't have religion is just the thing that people are and it's not a shocking revelation has that has that change over kind of has that taken something from us where you know you used to be a kind of an act of rebellion to just say that you weren't religious is there no i think similar to it's it's i mean funny similar to being a geek and how that's become more uh in in you know in mode to be geeky as more geek things gain, uh, as more geek things make money and oh, therefore yeah. get popularity and therefore get more. I don't feel like my persecuted geekiness childhood is what everyone should be experiencing, oh, yeah. right? And I would even argue that there's some cachet among, uh, and I'm going to use this word pejoratively, liberals, uh, to be an atheist. And I, I know this because I've seen a lot of people I don't like on Twitter who have it very, very prominently in their bios, uh, along with things like, you know, hashtag blue no matter who, hashtag Democrat and proud, hashtag, you know, and so it like... There's this, uh, there is, I think, some social cachet to it, you know, declaring yourself an atheist, uh, especially among the uh, the boomer generation. Hmm. I'm seeing my mom and people that age who are, you know, so proud of their, like, sh- sh- you know, oh my God, like, it's similar to the way feminism was for them when they were younger. You know, it's now, it's like, the, it's the new tab, it's the new taboo to second, shake off. Second wave atheism. Kind of, yeah, yeah, to some degree, where, it, and so, it's, and, and I know my, you know, for a long time, my mom described herself as deist, but not religious, and then was like, no, I'm an atheist, and now it's like, it's. I mean, she's practically like a fourteen-year-old on Reddit with how much she needs. She tells everybody <laughs> that she's an atheist, and she shoves it in her southern cousins' faces to be like, they'll be like, "Well, I pray." And she has cousins that are like, "I pray for you to find Jesus." I know that you say you're an atheist, but I just want you to know I pray for you every night. And so, to her, it still is an act of rebellion, hmm. even though you know, for people our age and younger, it really isn't because it's just like it's similar to, to being gay or any flavor of queer. It's like I'm bi. Who cares? No one cares anymore. Like every who isn't, you know. Well, <laughs> you know, and it's funny when there's when there's generational change over. Uh, Older generations often also adapt those things, right? So when we were talking earlier about like, oh, do people come more, more religious or whatnot? Well, I mean, okay, so when the counterculture first emerged, right, and people were, were tripping on acid and doing pot, mm-hmm. um, although that was the young people doing it, the old people also were like, oh, we can do this now. And Some they of them also, were like, yeah. Like embraced it. And, and that's something that when generations change over, there tends to be a big thing that kind of has a critical mass and everyone just kind of accepts this new generational norm. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah, I mean, think about it. Pot pa- gummies are great for people who don't have teeth. So, <laughs> Oh, there pants, you go. Pants on women. Oh, is a yeah. really good example oh, where like mm-hmm. pants on women was a thing that young women were doing very boldly and brashly and then all of a sudden there's a bunch of older women who were like fuck yeah pants like I'm very <laughs> excited to be able to wear pants you know and to you know or to burn bras or to not you know mm-hmm. things like, and you know uh, not wearing neckties at work oh sure you know became fuck more, yeah not wearing neckties yeah at work. right but like you know Steve Jobs is one of the you know some of the yeah. some of these computer guys were the first was, ones to be like I'm successful. Successful, smart, driven, and very much casual. Right. 
I get made. I wore a tie uh, at work one day I, remotely, right from home. So all people could see was, for all they know, I wasn't wearing, you know, I was Winnie the Pooh in it, right? <laughs> but I, I got made fun of by all my peers, including my manager. We're like, you're making us look bad over here, Glover. Like, way wearing a tie for. It was, and I'm, you know, among the younger people of my peers in that, in that particular mm-hmm. group. You might have been starting to trend the other way. Back to ties. I told them that sometimes I just want to feel pretty, and it's none of their business. When I was working in the office, uh, I didn't really partake in this. But I I tended to, I, t- I back then I, t- I tended to dress up anyway. I was usually in skirts, you know, or just I like to look nice. But the younger kids who were in their like early twenties that had just this was their first job, they started doing formal Friday. Oh, fun. And so instead of casual Friday, because we were always wearing, ca- I mean, people wore wizard robes and pajamas to work constantly. So they would do formal Friday or fancy Friday where they would all wear suits and ties and dresses and heels and makeup. And like, it was like a big, it was a, it was a thing. And it's very interesting to, to think of how that could be happening with religion too. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. Something I learned on that day I wore a tie was, uh, if you ever want to get people talking about you at work, uh, show up to work wearing a tie or nice clothes and then make sure that you have a long lunch penciled in on your calendar for that day where you where you have to leave and you can't be available everyone will think you're you're taking an interview for a job <laughs> and everyone will be like oh shit is he going oh fuck did, they, go? did any of you picture a future where atheism would become more the norm where it would be like it, within 10 to years it will probably be the majority optimistic hope but never i never was boy you know i always felt like you get people get drug into the future kicking even if it's kicking and screaming right true like like progress is to some degree kind of inevitable times linear even even with backsliding even with you know like the dark ages all that jazz like Mm -hmm. things push forward and i I've always kind of thought slash hoped that would be the case, but never at the speed that we're seeing it. Yeah, I think the pace is what surprises me. Uh, I, I always kind of assumed that uh, over time, as um, as more and more thought exchange happens online, that uh, there was going to be there was going to be an increase in in nuns. Uh, but and ones, uh, but yeah, it's it's happening much faster than I thought. Well, I wonder if it's going to stay a silent majority because at this point, I mean, it, 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 that we know that when we started the podcast, it was like something like the Pew research we were looking at from 2012 said something at the time like 38 percent of people either said don't you know don't believe don't know, don't care. It's not important to me. It's not important to me. And so, but that's, we've talked on this show before about how there's no lobby for that. There, you know, the problem is that the people who are screaming the loudest, paying the money, uh, are the ones that are are religious and evangelical more mm-hmm. even than religious and mm-hmm. really trying to force their dying way of life on everyone. So I wonder if we'll start to see a more vocal uh, group of atheists and as younger people start to inevitably take roles in Congress, mm. in you know governorships and things, because the ones who are there are going to die. They're gonna. Oh, they're yeah. in their fucking eighties, man. It's oh, just yeah. it. It is the natural order of things, and someone's going to start to fill those roles. I mean, we will eventually have a president who was born after the sexual revolution. It's going to be interesting to see what that does for for the way that policies get made. It always baffled me. It's. I mean, it still baffles me how. There are are other groups that are, you know, small portions of the country that are considered to be very powerful lobbies. And, and I don't just mean like wealthy people, but like groups where wealth isn't necessarily a factor one way or another. They kind of appear in decent numbers in any demographic, right? And and there are some very, you know, powerful lobbies in the in those groups and atheists or non-believers are bigger than a lot of those groups and don't have any of that type of organization or representation. Pretty much every, every major religion has a more powerful lobby than the, those of us who do not have religion. We just have the Satanists doing what they can. Yeah, right. <laughs> and, yeah. And God love them. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
What other kinds of trends do you feel like? I mean, I know. So you spend a lot of time, obviously, with, you know, people significantly younger than everyone at this table and probably even younger than most people listening to the show. Are are there other trends you're seeing? Like, do you feel like, I mean, are are people, you know, I I don't know. Frankly, I see things like, you know, more flamboyant hair color. You know, there's more people are more queer, more openly things like pan uh, or uh, poly as opposed to just monogamous, you know, not getting married. Uh, staying childless is something that I've seen happening more and more that I'm, is interesting. Is there anything else that you're seeing socially that, that you find interesting just in your casual observation? Uh, it's a good question. I would say of all those things, what I see in students is more of the gender neutrality, mm-hmm. uh, that aspect uh, mm-hmm. of, of people just... With what they wear and how they have their hair and whatnot. Gender fluidity. Just kind of saying, I'm going to do whatever I feel like doing. Nice. Um, Yeah, yeah, that's one of the main things uh, that I, that well, I guess that is, that is outwardly expressed. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Gender presentation becoming more non-binary. Yeah. And, and, um, you know, it's interesting because it's, it's not that there's uh, an awareness of, of using pronouns per se and things like that, but there is just a general more of an acceptance of, of, you know, well, people are just going to look however they're going to look. Mm-hmm. Right. And, and why would you comment on how someone looks? That doesn't make any sense, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah I would say the other trends that are, well, it's also generational, is uh, the voting. The younger generation really is into voting, as weird as that sounds. They're, they they mm-hmm. want to participate. They feel like the government is there to do good things for all of us and that we should have it doing good things for us. Um, and they all want to be really actively engaged, but it's not, you know, it, maybe it doesn't make the headlines because it's, you know, if someone is, is voting for Biden, they're not going to be jumping around with a hat and a big right. flag and, and they're just going to be like, yeah, I'm voting for Biden. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. Do you feel like TikTok is advancing? And I, I'm using that specifically TikTok is advancing the the prevalence of people being a religious or because because they're exposed to I mean you from what I don't have TikTok from what I understand like you just get presented with stuff whether or not it's what you're into it just gets put into your for you page and so you may just see atheist videos even though it is not something you would have ever sought out a catalyst for the exchange of thought yeah I would say what happens in what in the media that the younger generation is consuming is that it will be like, let's see that, uh, let's say that you, you, there's two shows that you watch and they both have a transgender person on them, right? Mm-hmm. And one of the shows, it'll be like, hey, I'm transgender. And it's like, okay, we got it. And the other show will just be kind of like, not mention it, just living their life. Living their life. That is what they're consuming. They're consuming just people just living their life and just religion not being a part of of what they're talking about. The conversations in class, you know, when we talk about religion, uh, is most students talking about uh, a crazy uncle who believes the earth is 6,000 years old and everyone kind of shaking their head. Um, I would say the other big trend that has changed a lot through time, we were talking about this a little earlier, is uh, um, climate change, understanding Mm -hmm. of climate change. You know, when I first began teaching, this was, you know, some 20 years or so ago, um, I had plenty of students who were just, they just didn't believe it. Global warming, huh? Then I guess it won't snow. Oh, never mind. Like, like that's, I remember yes. hearing that in college. A t- there's a, a, a ton of that. Uh, but the younger generation, no. They're, they're, uh, it's unfortunate in lots of ways because they're more fatalistic about it. They're more like, uh-huh. well, this things are, it's just too late. And so we should still do things that we should do. But really. Born into a 1.5C world. I mean. <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. Well, I try to encourage them because there is like geoengineering efforts that, mm-hmm. that if they had budgets could do a lot. Uh, and, and that would just take, you know, them voting for people in office who would work toward those things there's what we what we refer to as the the great green wall in africa where there's been a big effort to plant trees to stop uh desertification mm-hmm. the, the deserts have been spreading uh for a number of reasons uh some being um well irrigation like you don't think well why would irrigation make deserts spread mm. uh well if you're in a dry climate and you're you're irrigating there there's still minute minerals in that little salts and so through time you're you're 
their 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 agricultural areas turn white from the salt. Mm-hmm. Uh, I assumed it was because the deserts missed the rain, or so I've been told from many oh, songs. Oh. Yeah, Oof. <laughs> especially down in Africa where the <laughs> different um, song. Kilimanjaro rises above the Serengeti, but even that, though it doesn't actually do that. That effort to to keep the forests and to plant trees and to stop uh, desertification that's been like surprisingly successful, but mm-hmm. you just don't kind of hear about it because sure. uh, it's happening in Africa, I guess. Well, and, you know, hopeful news doesn't get the clicks as much as the doom and gloom stuff sometimes. Very true. Well, Africa is such a tiny continent. Hold on, wait. Uh, I'm just, I'm hearing that it's the second largest (laughs) continent on Earth. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. There's like a lot of people there and stuff. Yeah, I guess, I guess it's actually a lot bigger than most people think. Tons of cities. Yeah. Highly developed. (laughs) It's not, it's not just a place where we steal all the natural resources from. Huh. Interesting. (laughs) I, I would say... My my students always have their eyes opened when you if you Google uh, an equal area projection map, this shows the actual sizes of continents uh, mm-hmm. next to each other, and you'll see that Africa is huge. Mm-hmm. Uh, and most of the maps that are used in textbooks and whatnot, uh, well, everything north and south of the equator gets stretched out, mm-hmm. uh, and so you know during the time that these maps were were mostly. Uh, spread out around the world was when the U.S. and Russia were in the Cold War, and it was interest to them to have these maps make northern places look huge. And mm-hmm. if you look at those maps, Europe looks like the same size as Africa, but if you look at an equal area projection, it's like, oh, Europe could actually fit in a little tiny part of Africa. If, yeah. if you look at them, actually, Greenland looks the same size as Africa. Yeah, it's, it's bigger than South America, yes. Yeah. I remember somebody in uh, college saying to me that they always got South America and Africa mixed up because they were shaped the same and almost the same size. Oh, boy. <laughs> and I was oh, yeah. like, I don't even know how to respond to that sentence. <laughs> oh, buddy. <laughs> But I mean, that's the thing is like, you know, we, you know, perception being your reality. And, you know, one of the things that they fight, you know, we're talking about how they fight against the indoctrination that colleges do, right? And how colleges are indoctrinating students because when students go to college, they suddenly are, you know, more interested in having their own ideas instead of their parents' ideas, right? And so a big part of that, though, is that their perception has been their reality for so long. They're actually being exposed to literally any other perception and suddenly realizing that their worldview is just like getting way wider. And if your parents didn't go to college or if they did and they just they went to college 40 years ago, we're learning different stuff because mm-hmm. guess what? We get more facts every day. <laughs> A lot of people do not read after college. And I so am that's shocked. their set. That's their set knowledge. Yep. Uh, and so that's our, our chance to, to really get these kids to, to know some facts about the world. I'm, I, I am constantly begging the adults, especially the people over 60 in my life, to read. Yeah. I'm like, read, please read. They're like, I do. I read the news online. I'm like, that's not reading. That's getting interrupted by ads. And you're, you know, that's journalism. It's different. I'm like, read a, just read any book, any book for fun. Just it's, it's important for your brain. Listen to an audio book. It's still, it's still good. But uh, so many people that I know just, they consume, uh, you know, they, they consume like reality shows because it is more interesting to them to watch someone else's life. And, and yeah, it's... I, I remember the statistic that used to get thrown around a lot when I was like a teenager, I, I think that was like, oh, your, your average daily newspaper today contains more words than someone would read in there. the average person would read in their entire life, like a hundred years ago. And now it's like, what the fuck's a newspaper? <laughs> <laughs> so as we move kind of forward in time and we assume these trends are going to continue, uh, how do how how is America different if the majority is is non-believers? Hmm. I kind of think it entirely relies upon uh, people trying to be an active force of good or change. More churches will become spirit Halloweens. <laughs> True. I mean, that's, no, good. But I mean, we that's, will, that's we'll, a good thing. We're going to start seeing those buildings repurposed as, I mean, if, if that is, if what is happening is that more people are going to be turning to uh, away from religion, then those institutions, their, their populations will dwindle, their congregations will shrink. They won't, a big change would be if anybody who ever gets in power could have the balls to tax churches. Oh, boy. If that happens, it's going to be a huge change very fast because a lot of those places would have to close down. 
or even just property tax or something. I'm just like saying, something. just property taxes yeah. could would close a lot of churches. Oh yeah, for yep. sure. Hon- honestly, the biggest change that needs to happen before anything else really makes a difference, in my opinion, is somebody in the House of Representatives or in the Senate is actually an out atheist. We had that. Her name was Kristen Cinema. Yeah. That was, that was, Gross. I know. I'm just saying we did have that, that, was, that and it one sucked. Person. And she was bi. Yeah. But she was also like when they were like, oh, so you're an atheist. She was like, well, kind of. She never really, I mean. Somebody, she ran as an atheist. Yeah. But we need, fine, more than one. More than it, one, it, it for needs sure. to be, you know, 10% of Congress yep. should be atheist. It's because a, way more than 10% of the populace. But on oh, the yeah. other hand. You know, 80% of Congress is lawyers and 80% of the populace isn't lawyers. I'd so. argue that 10% of Congress probably right now doesn't believe in oh, God. Oh, of course. They're oh, not sure. going to admit it. But you have to be yeah. out. You exactly. Have to, I, we, exactly. We, we've talked about it on the podcast before. I think it's unquestionably true that at least one president in the history of our country has been an atheist. But not and not a single one of them ever would have said it. Um, it was Taft. Yeah, Taft was probably, I mean, clearly. <laughs> LBJ. But yeah, they're, they're, oh yeah, he can as far as <laughs> generational changeover and politics, it's usually local politics that'll have a bit quicker of a changeover sure. and is more receptive. That's why, you know, like if you saw the, the St. Paul City Council, right? Yep. It's like completely different. Completely yeah. different. All young women. Of yeah. color. Yes. Yeah. Like and it's that is great. that is the future. Like that is what Congress will be. It's just like TikTok. We're just gotta wait. Mm-hmm. But even it's, the St. Paul City Council, I don't think any of them are atheists. So that's the thing. Is it like you need we're to not start out? That's yeah. the thing. I think. Yeah. Well, yeah. For the younger generation, they're just like, why talk about it? They're sure. like, I don't know. Am I religious? It's like, I don't know. Maybe kind of. But how much it, does it, apathyist? How mm-hmm. much does it matter to my life? It doesn't. It matter. doesn't have anything to do with. So their it's life. not worth talking about or advocating for. And I think that's more what we're going to see. We're not going to really see people who are activists, atheists. People are just going to say, well, religion shouldn't be a part of this or part of that. Like mm-hmm. even in the, the text that the students read, the term is usually secular. Mm-hmm. We don't talk about atheism or people who aren't religious. We talk about well, growing secularism. Secular is more inclusive. Yeah. True. Well, and the other thing is, I think for most people, it's not necessarily, I don't, being an atheist is just what I happen to have come to the conclusion is is reality, right? Mm-hmm. But what really concerns me is religion controlling mine and other people's lives mm-hmm. with their morality, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So that that I think is what needs what I want to see happen is more people talk about religion should not be what is driving our policy. Yeah, right. I, I agree with Dave. I think what's going to happen is going to be an atrophy rather than a, a resurgence. We're not going to see a surge of out and proud and loud atheists. We're going to see an atrophy of loud and forceful Christians specifically it's as that starts to attri- yes the attrition of that yeah. the 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 decrease of that will you know fundamentally just mean that it becomes less important fundamentally to the people. Ah. Ah, fundamentally uh, eventually enough people are going to realize that maybe putting people that believe in apocalyptic religions shouldn't be in charge of planning our future yeah that's right <laughs> well uh, Dave this has been great it is time for five questions five questions uh, I think. You've answered our most recent set of questions. Yes, you sent in your answers. Oh, we've but read we didn't them on ask, We didn't ask him to ask questions because uh, I, I didn't do that. So we could uh, ask old questions or we could each come up with a new question right now. Let's all come up with a question. I love let's, it. Let's, yeah. let's come let's up with this is an improv. Kind of improv. We make shit us, up. If we can't come up with four questions right here, well, each of us come, come up, up with, with a question. One each. I know. That's what yeah. I'm saying. One each questions. Yeah. I think that's a great idea. All right, my question. Okay, here's here's my question. My question is this: uh, What's a movie or a TV show that you saw when you were younger that you feel still uh, uh, like colors your personality today? Mm. Something that had an effect on you that that you know you you still consider yourself doesn't have to be good. Doesn't it just uh, part of who you are is from that movie or TV a, a show? Formative. A formative. Thank you. That's formative. the word I'm looking for. That's a good a good word. A formative like movie word. or television show that you saw. I feel like I feel like this is too easy of an of a answer, but uh, I've always been really a Star Trek person, just yeah, really a Star Trek person, easy. and it always seemed to me to be the most plausible future. And I know it's not that maybe plausible, but uh, just how society was, um, I just really fixated on the structure of that universe and how all the pieces fit together in that universe. And mm-hmm. I suppose probably everyone who was into Star Trek had a similar experience. Mm-hmm. I think that 
you could look at my media taste and consumption uh, for my entire life and divide it into in into two halves or not even halves but two parts there's a clear demarcation point and that's before watching akira and after watching akira akira is a good answer and and i think that that was uh eye-opening and and uh life-changing in terms of like my media consumption from that point forward and still to this day uh, my answer is Ferris Bueller's Day Off, oh. uh, which I watched many, many, wow. many wow. times as mm. a kid. But for me, uh, as a as a high strung, neurotic Cameron of a mm. child, uh, <laughs> who I I your, feel your brother was a big time Ferris. Yeah. I felt like uh, for me that movie was a lot about how. Uh, sometimes you can just fuck around and it'll all be okay. But also that like it was dark. It was funny. It made jokes about dying. It made jokes about sex. It was uh, a movie that had it had like uh, somebody who, you know, can't, I really identify with Cameron. He's just like, man, he just does whatever he wants and everything is just fine for him. And it'd be like, you can have some fun too, you know? And just, I don't know. I, I watched that movie so much that I learned so, I probably still know almost all the lines mm-hmm. from it. And it, it, the, the, the pressure of having a very perfectionist parent who, you know, makes you feel very anxious and stressed about fucking up and how the way when that car goes over and it's just gone and it's just like, oh man, I feel so free, you know, just mm-hmm. like I did it. I fucked up the worst I can fuck up. And now what, you know, like it, it was really great. It had a lot. It really, it really, it really was formative for me. Tim, what's yours? Uh, Cosmos. Mm, yeah, oh, sure. Um, I, uh, I I remember watching it with my dad and talking about it um, with him, and it was the first time anybody ever brought up the subject of God not being necessary mm-hmm. for the universe to function. Um, and it was just um, such an amazing presentation of science um, by somebody who loved science mm-hmm. and and uh, was able to sort of meld science and poetry in a way that was that was uh, really beautiful. Um, that was a so you know as far as storytelling and all those other things, it was just it was a great transitional. Yeah, for sure. Experience for me. All right, I've got a question. All right, let's hear it. Uh, what's a song that you would put on someone else's road trip playlist? You could, you could, mm. you could have a prank song. You could rickroll people if that's your bag. Do I have to pick um, the person as well? Or no, is it no, just, no. Okay. It's just like there is a person who is soliciting for songs on their road trip playlist. What are you going to recommend to them to add to their existing playlist? Mm. You know nothing about their their taste or or demographics or anything else it's you think this is a great road trip song that should go on their playlist intergalactic by the beastie boys by beastie boys yes i feel like uh if you don't like hip-hop that's a song that i think has a lot of appeal beastie boys uh have appealed to people even who don't like hip-hop it is it's a fun song it's uh newish enough but it's also retro in the sense Mm -hmm. that it's at this point i think over 20 years old yeah so i think it's like 25 years old oh my god but uh yeah it's it's uh i i I can think of a lot of songs that i would choose but i feel like a lot of the music i like would not be well received so i'm and it doesn't have any swears so people can't get you know too upset about that uh i think uh cake by the ocean by dnc is a is a great jam of a song cake by the ocean Talk to me, baby. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Go fucking. It has lots yeah, of swears. Yeah, yeah, I, don't yeah. I don't know. That's I have to, I have to. Yeah, yeah anyway, that's it's, a good it's song. A, it's a nice, it's kind of a bubblegummy pop song, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's yeah. it's just, it's a good jam. Yeah. I, can, I can totally drive to it. Yeah. I got a lot of other ideas, but that's the one that popped in my I like, head. Yeah, I mean, obviously, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> less ideas, but I think uh, maybe I would uh, put in. Um, I think it's called Lay Lady Lay by yeah. by I would do it by Ministry. Though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's uh-huh. a good cover. Because I feel like people, no one you know really listens to Ministry, uh, but I do, and that's a song that I think people would hear and they'd be like, "Oh, this is actually a good song. I don't know who this is." And and then you show them some cover art from a Ministry album, they'd be like, "What?" <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Lay Lady Lay is a great song, yeah. but by Ministry is a better version yeah. for sure. Uh, mine is uh, "The Distance" by Cake. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's uh, a good it's road a, trip. It's a, it's a it's a car song 
but not necessarily a song about like road trip type car stuff. I feel like it's an easy to sing along to song for mm-hmm. anyone. It's got a good driving beat. That's a good answer. Was Lay Lady Lady was that a Dylan song? Am I yes? Yeah, because Dylan wrote a lot of a lot of songs that make really good covers. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I love Bob Dylan. I like his voice. I like his. I like the way he sings. I know a lot of people don't, but I like him. Uh, <laughs> and David Duchovny is a good actor. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, questions, Tim, Dave. You got a question? Anything? Sure, I got a. I no got a really easy stupid? question. This this question is: uh, If your hair could be any color, what color would you make your hair? White. White silver. Yeah, I cannot yeah. wait. I cannot wait to be old. I am just, I am, I am, I have been waiting since I was so small. I just want like, what, like literally like old person, white silver hair. That is what I want. Beat ya. What color? Oh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you're getting, I'm getting there. I'm trying. Yeah. <laughs> a very vibrant and unachievable for more than a day or two purple. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, see, I was going to say purple, too. I, I, mm-hmm. I did, the one mm-hmm. time I colored my hair was purple, and I liked it. But the problem is it faded. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want a nice dark. You want cartoon it, purple. Yeah, right. I want cartoon purple. I'd be it's, all down for that. Because blue, blue hair dye doesn't stick around for shit. Yeah. So here's a question. What shade of purple? Are you going, are you going like royal purple, like with lots of blue in it? Are you going more of a, more of a, a bright like purplish fuchsia kind of color. I'd or? go more royal. I want a darker, deeper like a dark, purple. Dark, deep purple. Yeah, like, aubergine. Like the kind yeah. that they reserve for kings. That's like, right. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Your Majesty. That's Nick, they, they'll say that to my hair. What color purple that, are you thinking? That's that, the same. You guys want the same purple? Yeah. Show me. Pur- show me. Purple too. Yeah. 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 yeah that's it. All yeah. right. A royal purple. You should yeah. just do it. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, you, I, I have. I have. They it both lasted. Have. It lasted for three days and yeah. then. It's, then it was gone. Yeah, yeah. And, then and then it's Go pink. And then, it, and, right, and then it's pink. Yeah. No, yeah. I had a professional do it. It's yeah. very good. But it's, it, it, it doesn't fades. matter. They both no. have brown. They both do. have brown hair, right. Dave. Their right. hair doesn't. Their hair yeah, doesn't. They bleached yeah. the shit out of my hair. So uh, pretty soon it just. It wasn't purple anymore. It was just you know pink, white. pink orange. It's not yeah. even. It's not even the the amount of bleach. Or, or the color nope. of your hair innately. Your it's hair can't the, hold it. The, the, the different color dyes fade at a very yeah. different rate, yeah. and so it changes very quickly. It's so like going green. Like, if, if I could just make my hair color be this color, that's yeah. what I do. It's why people that dye their hair green, it fades to like a piss yellow real mm-hmm. fast because the blue dye just goes. So basically, if, if you could like take a pill and your hair grew that color. You, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. That'll, what, what? that'll eventually. I would just go back to my childhood blonde. Yeah? Yes. I've... I've I, my hair started going gray uh, like around 30, and so I've actually colored it uh, mm-hmm. for a long, long time, and I, I don't know, like my old blonde color. I hear that. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, but do you have another question? Do you have a question? I do. Yeah. I do. I actually have one that I was going to ask you before. Uh, it's, a bit, it's a bit more kind of theoretical. Um, so many years ago, Robert Putnam uh, wrote a book called Bowling Alone, and he was talking about how society was fragmenting, uh, and one of his main data points was how bowling leagues were, were decreasing. Hmm. They used to be a big hmm. thing that really bonded society together, according to him, and he felt that things like that were going away. Another example was unions. You know, we used to be a lot of unions, and people really got together, and, and they've faded through time, and unions have actually come back a little bit, mm-hmm. but my question would be, what will be the thing when religion and churches fade away to, because they will fade away to be like hardly anything, mm-hmm. like in our lifetimes, what, what are you asking? What what are, what's what's going to replace it? Oh, what's going to so replace it? I, so my first instinct is to say, well, I mean, I've seen a lot of kickball leagues out there, and I feel like they kind of fill the same niche mm. that, that bowling does with an easier entry point. But I feel like these are already being replaced by niche online communities, and that's that anyone can find their people, geography be damned, there's and, a subreddit for and, it. And geek out about it online, right? And hopefully the subreddit that pertains to your niche interests is well moderated. Uh, and if not, well, gosh, start your own, I hope. Mm-hmm. I think the point is communities exist all over the place. And bowling is a community that is essentially created. People had to, had to go bowl because that's what you did. Uh, I, and I agree with with Nick. There is all sorts of online communities for interest. It does become a little bit of an issue because we compartmentalize a little bit more. You know, all the conservatives are on Twitter. The rest of us have moved over to Blue Sky. Um, it, 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 
that that is of course always a concern when you don't have people of differing opinion actually communicating with one another uh, in a in a more healthy setting. But at the same time, I think that there are all of these social groups and maybe they're healthier because they're people that are participating in something that really does interest them, that they really do enjoy, that they aren't being just sort of shoehorned into because it's what's available. Mm -hmm. Well, and if it's a fantasy, they know it. Mm -hmm. Sure. I think a big reason that bowling, I mean, if we're going to just, let's just take this guy at face value. I think a big reason that bowling was something that was so prevalent is because every small town I've ever been in had a bowling alley sure and it was it's it's not difficult to have they're cheap to maintain uh they don't you know they're they're especially when you know things that were mechanical were more easy to fix because yeah. we had more of them and more tradespeople in the unions to fix them but i think that what's going to replace that is going to still be I mean, humans love to play we love to play and we like to game and we like to compete. So I could see there being something very similar in in the VR space as that uh. becomes cheaper, as more people start to have that in their homes. And as you know, if, if we if we prescribe to the idea that, you know, you see in things like Ready Player One and a lot of other cyberpunk that eventually we will all have some sort of, you know, Internet implanted or some innate way to, to log on that's very easy and, and you know, kind of immersive. Uh, I think that's probably what we'll start seeing is the resurgence of a lot of these older pastimes mm. just in a virtual space. Interesting. I, a lot of students, and I think this is an effect of the pandemic, a lot of students are are opting out of like online interactions. They're they're really pushing to to do in-person things uh, to the point that they hardly use social media anymore, uh, although some TikTok. Mm. But uh, well, I wonder how much of that is the the young people you're seeing right now had a year where they couldn't be with oh, anybody. Yeah. It's exactly that. It is exactly that. They're they're going for the opposite. They don't want to do a time. Zoom. Yeah. They mm-hmm. don't want to go online and read something. They just want to be out in the world. Touch grass. Yeah. Like like really, that is their priority right now. And that could just be a temporary reaction. You know? Mm-hmm. I have you, a fifth question if you it. want it. Oh, wow. yeah. All right. So just with just with what you know of countries, whether you've gone to them or Ooh. what you know of them. Uh, you can't be born in America. You're born somewhere else. Where do you wish you were born? And just assume that it's fine. Your life is fine. I'm you have the same. You're, you're not. You're not. Yeah. Just out of curiosity, if you, can, I, I, I'm gonna go England. I've always wished that I was yeah. English and lived there. The uh, Netherlands, I guess. The Netherlands. That's a good that one. That's a good one. That is a. Uh, Again, just based on what you know, not any kind of like. Don't worry about it. You're not. You're not being born into abject poverty or some sort of indentured servitude. Boy, I love I love much about Scandinavia. Um, they have such a great social safety net, mm-hmm. um, and they're so progressive. Uh, but I, I I also would want someplace warm. So yeah, my mm. follow up was Brazil. Yeah, <laughs> like Portugal is quite warm, oh, yeah. and is also has lots of similar kind of cultural aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, You're a lot of good things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and it's hard for me because part of me wants to go, you know, let's not just pick a European white white country. But yeah. honestly, Germany. Mm-hmm. I love the, the architecture of Germany. Yeah. I, love, I love the overall, you know, now current political ad- atmosphere <laughs> yeah. of Germany. Uh, and uh, their language is great. Yeah, yeah I, I think uh, for a long time, my top three were uh, England, Mexico, or Australia. But the more... I've uh, learned about like just the, the 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 geography of Brazil and just like the idea of having jungles and oh, yeah. and all the the mountains and everything to visit sounds very cool. And all those reasons not to choose Australia. I mean, that's I can't so I can't live in I can't be born in Australia. I'm so terrified of spiders. Just, you know, assuming I'm the same, like I couldn't live there. Yeah. When uh, when I was in Portugal, it was kind of interesting. Well, I think it might have been because it was shortly after the the George Floyd uh, murder. But the people in Portugal, they were very like, well, we're not white. No, you know, there, mm. there was a there the whole white black thing. If you travel, that's it's such an Americanized concept to say that there's white people and black. Gee, I people. wonder why. <laughs> well, you know, that's why you move it move more to people of color, right? Yep. Well, yes. and if you there's travel, there's a whole lot of people that aren't white. It's why I don't like when people say African American just to refer to a black person, because you're just making a lot of assumptions there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. 
Fantastic. Uh, Dave, thank you so much for this topic and for uh, uh, talking with us and bringing all your, your knowledge and experience. We really appreciate it. Um, we've been Geeks Without God. We have a new episode up every Tuesday. Uh, you can find us at all the places you find podcasts. If you find a place where you find podcasts and we're not there, let us know so we can get added to that. We'll take care of it. Uh, otherwise, we're on most of the social medias, some more than others. And you can find us on Patreon where you can throw us a few bucks, uh, support us a little, help us keep the website lights on. And uh, we'll get you episodes as early as we finish them, which is sometimes weeks, sometimes not weeks. <laughs> Otherwise, thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back next week with more. Bye. 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 Hello, fellow kids. Are you ready to hear about Jesus? Eh, no thanks. Who's she? We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, you can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. I'll get the fuck out of your house.